The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. saved us from our sins, our lives are now in God. We desire the Holy Word to order where we trod. All for Christ, yet anything for self we count as dross. We're pilgrims with a crown With our Bibles open today to the book of Genesis, chapter number 12, we'll begin here just after a word of prayer together. Father, I come now in Jesus' name, and Lord, I want to thank you for the privilege to open the Bible, to read thy word, and to discover the truths of God. Help us now as we look in the study of God's word together. In Jesus' name and for his sake I pray, amen and amen. We've already noticed Genesis 1 through 11, verse 9, the origin of God's created people, the human race. Today we look at the origin of God's chosen people, or the Hebrew race. Chapter 12, verse number 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now this section really begins in chapter 11, verse 10. But I read to you the reference of the call of God upon Abraham to get out of his country, away from his kindred and his father's house unto that promised land of which God would show him. We find the patriarchs of this chosen people, 
the nation of Israel, chapter 11, verse 10, through chapter 48 in verse 22. A patriarch being the father and ruler of a family, one who governs by a paternal right. Usually this term is applied to the progenitors of the Israelites, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the twelve sons of Jacob, or even to the heads of the families before the flood as the antediluvian patriarchs. We find, first of all, Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob, and then Joseph in this second study of the book of Genesis. Abraham, we find him a man who walked with God. We've read a portion of the call of Abram, chapter 11, verse 10 through 12 and verse 3. And then we see the choices of Abram, chapter 12, verse 4 through chapter 14. And then the conversion of Abram. It should be understood that Abram was counted righteous before God when he believed the promise of God concerning the seed, capital S, which was Christ. We learn this by studying Galatians 3.16 and then considering Genesis 21 and verse 12. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. God had a chosen seed, and it would come through Isaac, and obviously it would culminate in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Abram heard the call of God and began to make his way toward God when he left Ur of the Chaldees. But it wasn't until he believed God's promise concerning Christ that seed, that he was justified in the sight of God. Abram believed God. Genesis fifteen six, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Salvation is certainly of faith, but it must be faith in that promise of God, even in the person of Christ. Galatians three twenty six, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Then we read of the covenant with Abram, chapter 15 and verse 7 through chapter 17. There is that conversation with Abraham where we learn the friendship of God in chapter 18, and then the fury of God against sin revealed in chapter 19, where the men of Sodom come forward and they prove themselves to be wicked and sinners before God exceedingly. Then there's that lapse or that carnality of Abraham in chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Then we see the children of Abraham as Isaac and Ishmael come forward in chapter 21. And then the character of Abraham before the men of this world, chapter 21, verses 22 through 32, but then Abram's character before the maker of this world, before the Lord himself. There's a climax in Abram's life. Flip over to Genesis chapter 22 with me now. And this is where Abram's faith was tested and his faith was triumphant. Genesis 22 verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did 
tempt Abraham. And in verse 2, God said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And we find Abram obeying the voice of God. And there's a good commentary on this in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. And we see that Abram received Isaac in a figure, and he accounted that God was able to raise him from the dead. And his faith triumphs. In Genesis chapter 22, we find the conclusion of Abraham chapter 23 through 25, verse 10. Then we come to Isaac. Not much is said about him in that sense, only about three chapters or so. But we find Isaac to be a man who waited on God. And we see Isaac and his father's shadow. Chapter 25, 11 through 18, Isaac is blessed. In verse 11, and Ishmael is buried. In verses 12 through 18. But then you see Isaac and his family's story. He who began in the shadow of his father and inherited the blessing from Abraham finds himself in the shadow of his son Jacob as Isaac calls his son Jacob to his side in Genesis 28 verse 1 and he blesses him. And thus the Genesis account shifts its focus now to Jacob a man who wrestled with God. In chapter 28, verse 1, we pick up with Jacob's account of his life the way through chapter 35. And then in chapter 36, we see the lineage of Esau. Then we come to Joseph, a man who witnessed for God. And the rest of the book is mostly taken up by him. Chapters 37 through 48, Joseph as a son. Chapters 37 and 38. And we view now these two chapters in the perspective of Joseph's sonship in the family of Israel. And we see three men emerge in the text, Jacob, Joseph, and Judah. So his father, chapter 37, verses 1 and 2. His family, you find scenes in the life of Joseph in 37 and scenes in the life of Judah in chapter 38. But then you see Joseph, but as a slave, down there in Potiphar's house in chapter 39. And then due to the sinfulness of a wicked woman, the wife of Potiphar, Joseph is a slave in the prison house, chapter 39 into chapter 40, verse 23. Then you find Joseph elevated and brought up out of the prison, and you see him as a sovereign in 41 through chapter 48. He reigned in the prison house first, and then he reigned in Pharaoh's house. That's the patriarchs of this nation. But what of the prophecies of this nation? Jacob and his sons are in chapter 49, 1 through 33. Then you see Joseph and his brethren in chapter 50, verses 1 through 26. The last days of the future for the sons of Jacob are taken up in chapter 49, verse 1. This verse sets the tone for the whole chapter and indicates that Jacob was speaking under more than just a burdened heart of a man who was nearing death, but out of a heart borne along by the winds of inspiration 
And God gives forth prophetic truth here, which will befall the nation of Israel in the last days. These concise statements and these patriarchal blessings are prophetic and project the future of the entire nation of Israel, which sprang from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He begins with the eldest son, Reuben, ends with the youngest son, Benjamin, covers a period of time beginning then and there in the days of Egypt and to the end days when Messiah shall come again and establish his throne in Jerusalem and rule in all of his glory for an entire millennium. Then there's the last words of a father to his son. Paternal instructions of Jacob. He had his eye on the promise. Look up those verses, chapter 49, 29 through 32. Jacob may have died in Egypt, but he was not to be buried there. He was a pilgrim and a stranger and kept his eye on that promised land and longed to be buried there in the possession of his father, Abraham. And he had his eye on the persuasion. He confessed himself to be a pilgrim and a stranger, longing and living and looking for that heavenly country, that city prepared by God, Hebrews eleven thirteen through 16. Then there's the burial of Jacob. There's the blessings of Joseph and the burial of Joseph there in Genesis 50. Again, we find a prophecy for the children of Israel. Chapter 50, verse 24, Joseph said, God will surely visit you. And so he did and brought them out of Egypt's land with a mighty hand and a stretched out arm. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.